Hey guys, it's Carmen David here, and you're listening to Brad Navy Hour. Hey, what's going on? This is Master T coming your way. And is there an hour you need to lock into? Yes, it's the Brad and Avery Hour, the only hour you need to lock into. Yo, 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 what is up? What is up? What is up? Episode 37 of the Brad and Avery Hour is on the air. This is Brad Bartko. I'm Avery Lewis McDougal. Brad, how you doing, sir? Man, I am doing fabulous. I can't say the same for our resident Oilers fans. We'll get into that. <laughs> we'll get into that tonight, trust me. But uh, we have a very, very, very special guest tonight. I'm, I'm super excited for it. Always been a big fan of his on Rothbow. I, I, I know you're you're really close to them as well. Yes. Mr. Earl Skakel. Um, we just want to jump on first before we do this interview and let people know there may be some subject matter um, that comes up. We're going to try and keep this reined in as best we can. Mm-hmm. We understand that if things get heated, a question gets asked, stuff happens. Um, so we're, we're going to just let you guys know viewer discretion is advised for this portion of the show as we are joined by Earl Skakel. I am, again, you're not going to want to miss this. <laughs> we're calling him right now. I'm so excited. Let's do it. You know, this is probably end up being the roast of Avery because I've known Earl for uh, almost 10 years now. And anytime Earl and I talk, it's just ripping me about the Oilers, <clears throat> about my lack of having a girlfriend, about many other <laughs> things in my life. Oh, dear. And Earl, he enjoys. He's, he's, good. he's a good guy, though. I went to UFC. I went to, oh gosh, I think it was UFC 131 with him in Vancouver. I saw Kenny Florian's last career fight with Earl. In Vancouver. Oh wow, yeah. Back in 2011. So yeah, that, that was fun. So we'll get Earl's number here. So we're just here. gonna give uh, Earl a quick call here and uh, make sure he is on and ready to rock and roll. And man, do we uh, do we have a jam-packed show for you? But of course, um, obviously, the, um, number one is Mr. Earl. So. And also, he is now, like you mentioned, Brad, the star, one of the stars of the roast battle with Jeff Ross. Yeah. He appeared in the bench warmers with Rob Schneider. And also, coming up. Season 3 of The Jellies on Adult Swim, Earl's cartoon show in which he plays Barry Jelly. If you don't know The Jellies, it's a cartoon show created by a talented creator. It's a squid family adopts a black boy as their son. And on the 16th birthday, they tell their son, Cornell Jelly, that Cornell, you're not a a squid, or sorry, you're not a jellyfish, you're a black kid. As an adult wow. swim on Cartoon Network. I, I'm gonna have to. I, I, I can't say I've watched it, but I'm, I've, I'm definitely gonna have to watch it now. The Jelly is a very, it's a very weird show. By I've last watching the Jellies before. Well, we'll, we'll be. Uh, maybe they'll be a proud sponsor of the Brad Avery show hour one, one time. The Jellies. <laughs> yeah, so Jellies and adults will watch that. Earl and Tyler, Earl and Tyler the Creator are on that show. If you know, if you're a rap head and know Tyler, who Tyler is. Now, also, he was getting groceries, so we'll see if he's back from his grocery shopping in oh. in West Hollywood. Hello, Mr. Earl Skakel, how you doing, buddy? Avery and Brad here from the Avery Hour. Brad and Avery Hour, bud. Are we recording? Yes, sir, Mr. Skakel. We, we are. We are on yes, the air. We are on the air. We are live. We are ready to go. <laughs> I'm ready, Holmes. All right. Now, before before we, before, I was talking to you early to, early today, Earl. You were out grocery shopping, so. What does Earl Skakel buy when he goes shopping for groceries, good sir? Oh my. Uh, well, let me see. Energy drinks, uh, protein bars, uh, almonds, because I hear they're good for the loads. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 
Um, oh, boy. Magnums are too small, so I just buy trash bags. <laughs> uh, let me see. Uh, you know, I eat out a lot, uh, so I don't really, I don't cook at all, to be honest with you. So, uh, you know, just snacks so I can look as good as I do. Well, you know, when, you, when, when you're 65 years old, Earl, you got to carry your body. I know you enjoy taking your shirtless photos for Instagram. Oh, man. <laughs> That's true. You gotta, it's not about being funny in this business. It's about getting uh, people to notice you. And, uh, you know, it's, you got to do what you got to do out here in Los Angeles. I know you guys are stuck in the backwoods of Edmonton. <laughs> <laughs> not that much of the backwoods. I know Earl right now. You go, ahead, go ahead, Brad. Brad will ask you a question. Hey, Earl, I'm uh, Brad Barkley here. Huge fan. Um, I, I've loved your work, you know, since you've obviously started on Roast Battle with uh, with Jeff Ross. Now, let me, let's walk through that for a minute. What's that like uh, for you being on Roast Battle and obviously working uh, side by side with, with the, the man himself, uh, Mr. Jeff Ross? What's that like for you? Well, you probably should ask Jeff what it's like working with me. <laughs> uh, I made the show. It sucked without me. And, uh, you know, seasons two and three, if they fell in the forest, nobody would hear them. <laughs> uh, it's just a bunch of jabroni open micers battling each other and pro wrestlers, uh, Dolph Diggler or whatever that guy's name is. Uh, you know, it's, uh, but the show's giving me everything. So, uh, you know, it's a love-hate relationship I have. I can't help it that I beat everyone. Uh, they wanted to help uh elevate to the next level it didn't quite work out for them now did it no that's a good thing you know i know it's funny because i watch you're in canada earl season one is still airing canada on ctv and every once in a while i see you in montreal in a speedo a canadian flag <laughs> oh speedo God. and how why are you so confident what gives you confidence early go on stage in canada in a canadian flag speedo tell me that let's call that it's called guys having BDE, Big Dick Energy. And, uh, you know, I knew that, uh, you know, I was battling Sarah Tiana in my underwear. I knew I had to uh, pull out all the stops and make it a sideshow because, uh, you know, when you're battling a woman, much like in life, you're never going to win. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I just wanted to make it fun and... Uh, you know, she's so good uh, that I had to just appeal to the locals, and uh, it didn't work out for me, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, I've only I've battled, I think I've roast battled 12 times. I've only lost twice, both to women. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, but it's a great show. It's still going on every week in L.A., and, uh, you know, I know... Uh, rumors of a season four coming uh, and I'll only do it if I get to battle Jeff I don't Ooh. battle my friends I want the big boys <laughs> so you know Earl let's for those that don't really know you or or your story or you know just kind of just kind of watch you on TV how did you how did Earl Skakel become Earl Skakel like how did how did you become so good at, at what you do, and, and how, how did you get to where you are today? Well, I mean, in terms of a roast battle, it, it's really just, uh, it's 
like living out a fantasy of you know my youth of you know I love pro wrestling right. and my favorites were you know like Ric Flair and Rick Rude and uh, you know I'm anything uh, I'm anything but those characters in real life so uh, it's almost like I get paid to live out you know my childhood fantasies mm-hmm. uh, not getting molested by Pat Patterson <laughs> wow you know, okay, come on, man. Stevie Wonder can see what's going on with those. Uh, you know, hey, you want to set up the ring tonight and meet Roddy Piper? Uh, oh, dear. So, and, but I've been doing comedy for almost 20 years. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty polished in how I can present myself on stage. So, uh, but I'm very, I'm always nervous when I'm on stage. Like, Roast Battle in Montreal was... I've never been so scared in my life. Like, like you're realizing that not only are there, you know, six, seven hundred people in the room, and you, you know, I'm, you know, it's going to be in Canada, it's going to be in the states, it's, you know, we're really a worldwide show. So yeah. it's probably a million plus people watching. And you know, roast battles a show that you know, yeah, they want to see you do well, but they also love it when you bomb. So it's mm. it's very uh, it's not a lot of fun to prepare for, but it's mm. fun to do when you're actually doing it. That's a very good point. And now, you know, Earl, I I would watch a roast battle back on my phone some three years ago on on Periscope. How cool is it to see this show go from being this Periscope thing that aired on midnights on Wednesday with Brian Moses? to now being a nationally televised program. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, I was in the room the first night uh, the show started, and, and for those who don't know the backstory, it's there used to be a Tuesday night uh, open mic at the comedy store where nobody uh, was in the room. It was like the uh, epitome of an open mic you've seen it per- portrayed on TV shows, like no one there, no one listening. And then uh, Brian Moses took over the room, and uh, I think one of the first nights he did it, uh, two comics wanted to fight each other, and uh, <laughs> I was there, and uh, I forget the exact words he used, but he was like, well, you guys can't fight, but if you guys want to, uh, he didn't say battle each other, but he said, if you guys want to verbally uh, go at it, you know, I'll be the referee, and and it was really funny, and, and then uh, next week, I think two comics said, hey, can we do that, and then it literally was like that shampoo commercial where, you know, you tell two friends, they tell two friends, and then, you know, a couple months in, there was probably 30, 40 people in the room, and and then uh, I wasn't battling yet. I was doing an impression of uh, someone who used to work at the comedy store who, uh, let's just say, had some interesting views on people who look like you, Avery. Uh, <laughs> oh, I remember oh. that. I recall that character very well. I remember that one, Earl. <laughs> Well, it was, uh, it was obviously, uh, uh, you know, I was doing like an Archie Bunker type uh, character. And, uh, you know, this was being done at a time where no one was thinking this show would ever get on television. And, and you know, Jeff Ross would be involved. And Jeff Ross bringing in Dave Chappelle and John Mayer and all these, you know, uh, I, you know Hugh Jackman's been in the room, Dennis Rodman. Uh, this was back when there was like 30, 40 people in the room, and it was like, yeah, let's have a racist sidekick to Moses. Uh, <laughs> and obviously it was a parody. I, I'm not racist, but, uh, you know, some people were so stupid. They, like one guy uh, came up to me after the show. He's a big black dude, and he's like, hey, what's with the racist character, man? I'm like, oh, it's, it's, it's just a character like Archie Bunker. 
And he looks at me and goes, who's Archie Bunker? And uh, I'm like, oh, well, you should talk to Moses. I'll be right back. Um, <laughs> so it, it's to see it grow into not just a couple seasons on Comedy Central, but it's also in the U.K. with Jimmy Carr. Uh, they have their version of it. And then they, I know there's going to be one in Canada at some point. And uh, I believe it's there's one in Mexico and there's one in South Africa. And, and they're all direct descendants of our show. So it's it's pretty neat to see how big something that started out so small became. So Earl, let's talk now about your the sports side of you. Obviously, you're you're a big wrestling fan. Um, you also, to to my knowledge, you have the King season tickets. Now, um, first off, how long have you had uh, season tickets in LA? And and can you maybe talk about the the uh, the crowds in LA towards hockey? You, obviously, you've seen it up in Canada. And we are mad in love with hockey. Like, this is our number one sport. This is our thing. How different is it, you know, when you're at a Kings game? And uh, do you find people still engaged? And, they, you know, the Kings are still relevant compared to, you know, LeBron's in L.A. now with the Lakers and et cetera? Well, I mean, I've been a King fan since uh, probably the, uh, I mean, really the late 70s. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's kind of funny, like, like Got just to let people know how I got into hockey. Lit, growing up in Los Angeles, uh, you know the Kings weren't on television very much in the late '70s and mm -hmm. early '80s. Uh, you know there was no uh, Fox Sports. Or it was just you know out here anyway. It was Channel Two, Four, Seven, and Nine. Right. Uh, so there was no uh, really way to promote the team. And uh, but for some weird reason, I got. Uh, on the cable system I had, I got the New York cable channel called WOR, uh, which is their channel nine. It's, it's, it's a famous American channel. And they televised the Ranger games. And there was a player on the Rangers at the time named Barry Beck. And uh, he was about 6'3", 220, which is not big by today's standards, but uh, back then, he was probably the biggest player in the league, and he was just so dominating. He was the best fighter in the league. He had the hardest shot in the league. So I started getting into hockey because of him, because he didn't wear a helmet. And he had this, right. like, Jew fro. <laughs> and, uh, it was just fascinating to watch. Uh, it was like watching, like, Shaq now. But, you know, he was just so much bigger than everyone. And then uh, so I started going to the King games, and... Uh, Kings were pretty good in the 80s, you know, just unfortunately for them, yeah. they had the uh, misfortune of playing, being good, but right around when the Lakers were in the Showtime era, so mm -hmm. no one really paid much attention to them. Right. Um, and then uh, I've had season tickets since I was a kid, and uh, I mean, King fans are very passionate, they're, they're very loyal, um, but uh, they're, they're kind of like the rock group Motorhead, you know, yeah. where like, it's a very small fan base, but uh, I would put my knowledge, hockey knowledge, up against anyone in Canada's. So it's, they're very knowledgeable. And, uh, you know, the Staples Center isn't the best arena for, like, atmosphere because it's just, it's just like a big warehouse type yeah. of building. Yeah. Um, I believe Springsteen, when he played, he, I think Springsteen was the first concert there. He was like, this place sucks. Because <laughs> uh, the forum had this, uh, you know, but the old forum uh, had a great energy that, that the walls were like concrete, so the sound would just bounce. Uh, 
around the whole arena and uh you know they i mean i was just at the forum saturday to see weezer and the killers and it was uh you know they've re they've uh renovated it so it's pretty cool mm -hmm. to see a concert in but uh you know it just had such a uh, eclectic energy when the kings were playing and and this was before Gretzky, and then Gretzky came, and they were the hottest ticket in town uh, for a long time. And then they, because of Bruce McNall's financial, uh, you know, uh, interesting investment <laughs> strategies he uh, used, uh, you know, they were hurting for a very long time. I mean, it, it was so bad at one point that the equipment uh, companies stopped delivering equipment to the Kings. Oh, jeez. So, uh I always felt bad for the general man manager at that time. His name was Sam McMaster. Uh, I mean, like, he, he... You talk about dealing with the team on a shoestring budget. He literally couldn't make trades. He couldn't sign free agents, uh, you know, because he... I mean, the team was basically bankrupt. Uh, so he, he always gets kind of a, the uh, you-know-what end of the stick when uh, people talk about his tenure. But uh, now, you know, and this year's been tough. But, uh, you know, they won two cups in three years, so uh, that's, that's more than most teams can say. That's very true. That's very true. Of course, you mentioned your hockey knowledge, Earl. And on your, on your podcast, um, Inappropriate Earl, you, you're a big hockey following. Uh, you, you had, you had doesn't doesn't pin on your show many moons ago. And in your house, where you do your podcast, there's a jersey room of literally hundreds of jerseys from all across the hockey world, the NHL, the Quebec Senior League, AHL. How did you get into jersey collecting? Because what you have should be in the Hall of Fame, to be quite honest. <laughs> well, they've offered me to uh, take my collection and display it in the uh, Hockey Hall of Fame, which uh, I was down for until they said, well, we're not going to pay you for it. Uh, I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm good on that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, of course. I'm a Jew from Beverly Hills. You're paying me for this. Uh, but uh, I, I mean, I've always loved the hockey fighters, and I've become friends with a lot of them uh, over the years. Uh, in fact, my newest Twitter follower is the legendary enforcer, Darren Kimball. Uh, um, but uh, I had tremendous stage fright when I started doing stand-up, you know, 20-plus years ago or however long it's been. So I would uh, figure, well, if I wore a game-worn jersey of, say, a Troy Crowder or a Dave Semenko or, you know, Link Gates, uh, I'll be protected from hecklers and the bad spirits. And, uh, you know, I, so I, that was my look for a long time until I did a TV pilot where the, uh, the creator of the pilot, Barry Katz, who's a legendary uh, comedy manager, uh, managed like Dane Cook, among others. Uh, he grabbed me by the... Uh, I had a Matthew Barnaby Rangers jersey on. <laughs> and I was just about to go on stage. It's a TV taping. It's live. And he grabs me by the shirt and goes, what? Can I swear on this podcast or no? Uh, go, you, know, yeah, you, know, you know, go, 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 go we'll, ahead. We'll censor. We'll censor. Yeah, we'll censor. No, no, I won't. I won't. He said, what the are you doing? And I'm like, oh, this is my look. I wear jerseys on stage. He's like, you can't do that, you blank idiot uh oh. the logo on the jerseys we can't get that blank clearances oh so uh you know and i never really thought about that uh so i stopped wearing jerseys right around then uh but i still co collected them up until a couple of years ago where i just uh you know my heart's not in the hobby anymore you know it's, it's uh it's a lot of time and energy uh you know when i started collecting it was a way to uh 
have a creative output that wasn't comedy related. You mm -hmm. know, comedy's yeah. a crazy business. Yeah. So uh, it helped with the uh, stress of stand-up. But now uh, I'm looking to uh, get, get them all out of my house so I can have my podcast room to my specifications. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. And I know, you, I know um, Earl also, too. You're, we're talking off, off here. You're a big wrestling and mixed martial arts guy. So I do want to ask you about, well, first of all, I guess the UFC. We were talking about the UFC card. What are your thoughts on the card this weekend if you watched it all, Earl? Did you watch the fight between Greg Hardy? I mean, Greg Hardy made his UFC debut. Got DQ'd due to an illegal knee. And I know what? And some people say that that was a, was a bad call, but to see Greg Hardy lose in his first fight, good. I felt, you know what? That's karma right there to see Greg Hardy lose his UFC debut. <laughs> Well, I do have a complaint about the UFC now being on, e on ESPN+. Plus. It was very hard to... Uh, it took me about 40 minutes to figure out how to uh, sign up and log in. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, but I finally figured it out. And, uh, you know, I watched the Greg Hardy fight. Uh, I mean, I don't know. It was a dirty move. I, whether he did it on purpose, you know, I don't know. But... Um, you know, I thought the white guy was actually winning. <laughs> <laughs> the white guy. No name. The white guy. <laughs> no, I forgot his name. What's his name? Uh, I, uh, I, I, uh, you're ahead of I me. Mean be, yeah. That's pulled up again, but yeah. <laughs> he, he was winning, yeah, but... Oh, gosh. Well, I mean, he wasn't killing him. I mean, it was a close fight, but... Uh, you know, I, I think Hardy uh, is clearly a bully. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I've seen it a million times in hockey uh, fights. Uh, you know, I think Hardy was, uh, you could tell in his eyes, he was like, oh, well, this guy's not going anywhere. He's not scared of me. So uh, I, I believe uh, the, uh, his opponent would, would have beaten him. Uh, I mean, of course, it's, you know, who knows. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I mean, Hardy's got a big, he's a strong puncher, but, like, I don't think he'd do very well against uh, Velasquez or uh, no. someone with uh, actual skill. Like, even a Frank Mir, I think, would beat him because he's not very technical. But he's a big dude. I mean, he, he has one-punch knockout power, but uh, so does Ngannou. And Ngannou, uh, you know, is having troubles, like, now when he's going up against people who are actually skilled in other areas. <laughs> Uh, so, I mean, I, but I can't believe that the UFC would put this guy on his first fight in a co-main event. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't understand why you would put someone who's really more known for beating up his girlfriend uh, than <laughs> anything else he's done. But, yeah. uh, I mean, it worked. I watched the fight, so maybe they do know what they're doing. Hey, Earl, I, I, I got to ask you, if you could pick any NHL enforcer past or present to fight or go toe-to-toe -to -toe against, who would it be? Well, I mean, I'm not a very good fighter, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, the last time I fought in my, my ball hockey league, I got choked out by a sheriff. So, uh, um, I mean, I, I I wish you would have, I mean, if you, if, I mean, I don't, I, I wouldn't want to fight any of them. They could all kill me. Uh, um, but if you said, who would you roast battle? Yeah, there you, you go. Know, I would think, yeah, who would you roast? I would think like uh, Paul Bizanet. You know, he's pretty funny. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, he was uh, in the crowd one night at the comedy store, and I was on stage, and I was, I was doing pretty well and all that. And uh, he's like, hey, buddy, you're really funny. And now uh, he was sitting next to this, be to this beautiful girl, I mean, an L.A. model. 
And he's like, but can you finish up? Because i got to hit this. Uh, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> yeah, that's busy he asking like Paul. Greg Hardy hit it. He meant uh, have sex with Paul. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Jeez. <laughs> oh. But that's what's great about uh, performing at the comedy stores. Like last week, I wasn't there, but uh, most of the Ottawa Senators showed up after they beat the Kings. Uh, so uh, it's, a, it's a great place for me to perform at uh, because you there's always someone in the room that you like you're a fan of. You know, there's a lot of celebrities go there, and a lot of sports teams go there, especially hockey players for whatever reason. Uh, Robin Regeer used to go there a lot, uh, which is kind of neat for me to see him. And uh, uh, Brant Myers has been up there a lot. And, uh, Doug Murray, uh, for some weird reason, would always be up there uh, when he was in town. And uh, so it's kind of neat for me to like. Even though I don't collect jerseys anymore, I'm still a, a big, big hockey fan. So uh, it's neat to meet some of these guys. Is there one in particular person that stands out to you that you looked in the crowd and you're like, oh, my God, this guy is in the crowd right now and I'm, I'm doing stand-up comedy, whether that was Wayne Gretzky or Paul Beeson. Like, is there a name that really stands out to you that you just kind of like, oh, my God, i got to make sure I'm on my game because this guy's in the room? Well, I mean, one night during roast battle, uh, Jim Carrey was, uh, he wasn't judging, but he was watching. And, oh, wow. Wow. and uh, this was back when I wasn't, uh, I wasn't battling yet, so I was just doing the racist character. <laughs> and uh, he came up to me in the parking lot of the comedy store after, and he just whispered, because everyone was trying to talk to him, and he saw me, and he slid over to me, and he's like, hey, Archie, where's Edith? Uh, and like he took he got it he got exactly what i was doing like and for and i think that was like three years into the show and you know no one ever put it together that i was just basically doing archie bunker uh so that shows you how brilliant his mind is that you know within five minutes he understood what i was doing uh but in terms of stand-up um let me see. I mean, there's been a few uh, rock and rollers uh, that have been uh, in the room uh, when I was there. Uh, but I'm a big fan of the movie. This is going to sound very bizarre to you guys, uh, but uh, the Val Kilmer movie, Real Genius, uh, wow. <laughs> yeah. which is a really funny movie. And, yeah. and in the movie, uh, there's this character named Laszlo, mm -hmm. and the whole movie, he stays in the closet. Uh, <laughs> in Val Kilmer's dorm room and one night at the comedy store uh, and this guy's a very famous character actor uh, you know in, in hockey terms he's like a fourth line checking center mm -hmm. uh, but I instantly knew him and I'm like oh my god dude it's an honor to meet Laszlo from Real Genius everybody and uh, it's just stupid but like uh, that was really neat for me to, to meet him because that movie was meant a lot to my childhood so uh, not the biggest celebrity per se, but, uh, you know, it's kind of neat. You get that almost every night you're at the comedy store. There's someone in the room that's involved in the entertainment business. And, uh, uh, you know, it's it's a treat to uh, get to perform there as much as I do. No, of course, can imagine. You mentioned um, Jim Carrey. I know after Jim Carrey, I know you actually did a TV show with him on Showtime, I'm Dying Up Here, which you played a character. What was it like not only doing television, working for Jim Carrey in a, in a Showtime series, Earl? Uh, oh, it was uh, really neat to be involved in that show. Uh, you know, it's my first, uh, I mean, Roast Battle was my first TV show, but uh, I'm Dying Up Here was 
really my first, uh, you know, sitcom, not sitcom, but, uh, you know, TV, TV show. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Roast Battle is more of a reality show, but uh, to be involved in something on that scale was unbelievable. Just uh, the, the amount of uh, talent on that show was uh, the table reads that we would do for the each episode, you know, before each episode, you, you sit in the room with everyone in that episode and you read the, the script. And uh, to see, like, Melissa Leo, who's won an Oscar, uh, you know, and she played Goldie, uh, I was like, wow, this is... It was like being in an acting class. She's so good. Um, and then all the comics are super funny headlining comics, like Eric Griffin and Andrew Santino and Al Madrigal and... And then, uh, you know, the character actors, you know, like, uh, I don't know if he's well-known in Canada, but uh, the guy who played Mitch, the booker of the Tonight Show, is a comic by the name of Rick Overton, and he's a legend uh, bit, yeah. in the comedy world. So uh, just to be involved in a show with him was, like, really neat. And, uh, you know, all the actors on it who were playing comics are all... Jake Lacey and Michael Aragano and uh, Clark Duke, uh, they're all like top actors, you know, so it's like, uh, it was really uh, it was, it was sad that it didn't get uh, more love, but, uh, you know, who knows why some shows are hits and some aren't. Uh, who knows, who knows, and, and Earl, my last question, I do want to ask you, Earl, what are you about going back in Canada next, and when are you, you going to battle that Dolph dude, when are you going to battle him next, you know, that... He's a, little, he's a little arrogant, isn't he? That Dolph guy with the blonde hair and all that kind of stuff, the wrestling <laughs> thing. When are you going to battle him next? Oh, boy. Well, you know, I get a lot of battle offers, you know. It's funny, I haven't been on the show for about two years now, and I get more battle offers than anybody, which tells you about the people who currently battle. They mean nothing. Uh, so, I don't know. I don't think Dolph has the balls to battle me. Uh, we were on a show recently at the comedy store, and his lips were zipped around me. Uh, you know, uh, but, uh, you know, I, I want Jeff, and if he can't do it because he don't have the stones, I don't want anyone else. I'm not going to have someone piggyback off of my back, Jack. Uh, but uh, I don't know when I'll be in Canada again. Uh, I... I uh, hope soon. Uh, my, you know, when the cartoon I'm on comes out, it'll make it easier for me to travel because uh, it's a nice uh, thing to say, oh, here's Earl Skakel from the Jellies, uh, you know, and, and I mean, that's really all comedy clubs want is to be able to say you can see him on or her on this show. Mm -hmm. So uh, the Jellies will be out in a few, I think a month or so, I'm not sure. And uh, so I love Canada. It's, it's totally my uh, type of people. It's, you know, blue-collar, working-class hockey <laughs> fans and, and heavy metal fans. And uh, so uh, I think uh, when my name gets a little bigger, uh, you know, I'd love to make Canada almost a second home base for me. Hey, Earl, I, I'm going to end it off with this. You know, there, there's, Avery tells a little bit different story on how you guys met. Uh, first, uh, you you gotta tell me how you met my uh, my co-host and and you know your side of the story and and second off I I just want to you know I I would uh, it'd be an honor and a privilege to meet you I know I'm I'm frequently in the L.A. area I do some charity work actually with the L.A. Kings and uh, Luke Robitaille and his wife 
So anytime I'm in town, I'd, I'd love to love to meet you, and uh, it'd be an honor. Oh, the honor would be all mine. Uh, I know the Kings do a lot of charity work. They do a lot of stuff for the Children's Hospital. Uh, I don't think they'll uh, let me in the Children's Hospital. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have a restraining order against me there. Uh, but, uh, you know, I met uh, Avery uh, through just uh, a great sports host. I don't know if he's based in Canada right now, but the legendary uh, Gabriel Morency, yeah. uh, who uh, was really, uh, you know, 10 plus years ago, was the only person who would interview me and, and had me on radio. And, and so I owe a lot to Gabe. And I met, uh, I think I did a uh, Sports Rage, which was at the time Gabe's, uh, the name of Gabe's show. Uh, he yeah. did a Sports Rage in Vancouver, and I flew up there. Yes. Uh, it, it was uh, for the, I remember that there was a UFC, I think it was Shane Carwin against Lesnar, if I'm not uh, uh, too confused, it's probably seven years ago, and I met uh, this skinny African-American <laughs> gentleman who, uh, he, he looked like Tom Hanks at the end of Philadelphia. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know if one of his parents was Mr. Ed, but uh, that, that mouth and smile was looks like he could swallow the world and probably has. Uh, you know, I met he was wearing a Boston Bruins hat in the middle of the Stanley Cup finals between the Canucks and the Bruins. Uh, I mean, I think Avery was so dumb at that time, he had to study for his urine test. And, uh, you know, uh, we've been friends ever since. Uh, you know, I mean, he's got a great face for radio. Oh, man. Well, you know what? That is pretty true. I did wear a Bruins hat oh, in a man. Vancouver bar. And I remember some guy took my hat off my head and threw it into the crowd, and then had it somewhere in Dumpster in British Columbia, Earl. Well, I mean, I'm surprised you didn't end up in the fucking, oh, sorry, in the dumpster. Uh, because, I mean, you know, hockey fans are very rabid fans, and, like, I know, like, you know, the first game, uh, first hockey game uh, I went to in New York at Madison Square Garden uh, was uh, the Rangers uh, against Philadelphia, and, uh, I just remember uh, the few people who were dumb enough to wear flyer jerseys were getting stuff thrown at them uh, and just uh, really not being treated very nicely. And uh, I mean, I, when I was a kid, I used to wear, uh, you know, any anything with a logo on it at Dodger Stadium. I didn't know any better, so I would always get stuff thrown at me when I was like nine years old. I, I'd have like a giant hat on. And not knowing that, oh, you, you shouldn't really wear like the other team's, you know, jersey or hat or whatever, uh, in, in in the other team's building. So, uh, you know, uh, Avery, uh, you know, didn't pick up on that fact until the uh, hat was halfway across British Columbia. Uh, so, I'll blame the heel. Ever since, lots of respect for how hard he works and. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure, uh, I hope he stays out of, uh, you know, Sandusky's basement and uh, has a prosperous career in pro sports. I mean, uh, you know, we need someone who looks like Roger from what's happening reporting the news. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, man. The Earl, you're, you're always something else. Hey, Earl, man, we, I, I got to thank you again from... Uh, 
the bottom of my heart for, for doing this, and we'll, we'll definitely do it again, man. I, I appreciate the time, and, and I look forward to, to meeting you, and uh, hopefully many more laughs down the road, man. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you again, buddy. Likewise. And I'd like to thank the three people listening for this, too. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Earl. Oh, my goodness. Earl, Earl Skakel. <laughs> oh, man. I've never laughed so hard in my life. Oh, uh, Earl Skakel, everybody. Oh, my goodness. You know, that, that's the original one. Oh. I had to sleep for my urine test. I was so dumb. That's oh, the original man. one. If you, if you, listen, well, I catch my breath here. If you've never watched or listened to Earl Skakel or heard of this guy, Google him, look him up, do whatever you got to do. This guy is an absolute legend in the comedy world. Uh, again, uh, did great work with Jeff Ross and the, and the roast battle. I love that show. I know our good friend Dick Michaels does as well. Mm -hmm. uh, big fan of, of roast battle and the comedy comedy network. Uh, wow, <laughs> I that was a that was a new one for us. And, and let me tell you, that was fun. No, that um, was. Uh, Earl Skaggle, we're gonna have some fun in LA and. And hopefully he's up here in, in Canada soon. But man, oh man, uh, that guy's definitely in the right line of business for sure. And, yes. And you got roasted too, which is well, good. Well, I was expecting that from the from the word go, knowing Earl. And yes, that did happen. <laughs> I didn't go into a bar during the 2011 Cup Finals. Oh. I was trying to play the heel. Man. I was not going to rob Canucks here. I figured I'll let me play the heel. I didn't think someone would come. I didn't think anybody would reach over to me and pull my hat off my head. And throw into the crowd. I didn't think it was gonna happen. But my goodness. Oh well. I'm crying over. It. Oh my <laughs> god, that was Shostakovich's basement, eh? That was. Oh you know. man. That was good. I'm sure Earl's. Oh man, that was good. That was really good. Uh, where do we go to now? I mean, you how do what? you follow that up? You know what? I'll say, Bradley. Let's do a quick commercial break. We'll come right back with part two of the Brad and Avery Hour. All right, welcome. Episode back. 37. Actually, scroll down and see if there's comments. Let's see. Yeah, let's see if there's any comments. First up, let's see, none yet though, we'll we come will. back. We will be back. Uh, don't leave, part two, we gotta catch our bearings here. <laughs>